Mac Mini. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. <laughs> okay, so welcome to Aliens Land here. There was an Apple event today right before our recording, and that's what we're going to talk about. No Mac Pro, less space than a Nomad. Lame. Oh, <laughs> uh, Commander Taco will never live that down. <laughs> I mean, I can see it on his tombstone. So uh, those logos were pretty neat at the beginning of the um, presentation while you're waiting five minutes before the start of the show. Yeah, they they were, though I was half asleep at the time. <laughs> uh, I don't know why they decided to keep it the same local time. But uh, have it on the East Coast instead of the, of the West Coast. Yeah. Um, the Apple event was at the Brooklyn Academy of Music in uh, New York this time, uh, whereas normally they have their events in California, which is my local time. Therefore, I can sleep normally. But as it was, I was got like three and a half hours of sleep. I mean, I can see right now people in... Alaska and Hawaii and Australia, you know, playing the smallest violin in the world for us. <laughs> so it was at the Brooklyn Academy of Music, which is interesting to me because um, when I lived in New York, uh, that was literally right downstairs from me. Um, though the part of the Brooklyn Academy of Music that this was hosted in with the theater and whatnot was a little bit across the street. Part of the Brooklyn, the other part of the Brooklyn Academy of Music was right downstairs and literally in the same sort of structure as I lived in, the condo that I lived in. Uh, this isn't the one that I bought in New York, but what, a place that I lived for a couple of years in New York. Uh, this is the first one when you first moved there? Yeah, this is mm-hmm. right when I first moved there. Um, later, I moved to another condo that was probably two blocks away from the Brooklyn Academy of Music <laughs> instead. <laughs> So, I mean, overall, why do you think they chose New York this time around? I think they're trying to play on the whole hip Brooklyn creative thing. So the event kicked off, as most events do, with like a a video of people doing Apple-related things. And this one was creative-focused, so they had a bunch of Mac creative people. And I, I just wanted to show you that uh, I, I can be a Mac creative, too, being lazy in bed. Oh, this is... <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh that is both amazing and pitiful all at once <laughs> oh oh please don't make that the graphic for our show <laughs> if it's the only image in the show notes it would be if i'm not even sure i'm gonna put that in the show notes <laughs> Oh, we'll uh, we'll give it to our Patreon subscribers. There we go. <laughs> that works. <laughs> okay, I'm going to close that because I'm just going to keep <laughs> laughing if I keep it up. And then they finally gar- started actually getting to the Mac and the products. There was a lot of stuff that's been basically neglected for years and years. So, well, Mac-wise anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess we might as well get into the products. The first one being the MacBook Air. So the MacBook Air finally gets a Retina display. Yeah. So it looks like, yeah, it was about 10 years ago when 
Steve Jobs brought out the iconic Ma- uh, MacBook in an envelope, which, to be fair, was some pretty good showmanship. Yeah, I feel like Apple doesn't have that same kind of showmanship. Yeah, so MacBook Air finally gets a Retina display, which I believe is probably the holdup for a lot of people using it. Um, it looks like they pushed the screen out, but they only quadrupled the pixels. So that means that um, your images will appear bigger. And I don't think that the resolution of the MacBook Air was all that high, even in like regular display terms, right? No, no, it wasn't. So it says right now that their display is 2560 by 1600. What's the regular MacBook display resolution? Okay, MacBook, 2304 by 1440. Oh, so, so the Air is actually a higher resolution. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. So, I'm curious what this means for the MacBook, ultimately. So I think the MacBook is still smaller overall, isn't it? See, what they ended up doing with the MacBook Air, they didn't really bring the display out. Rather, they shrunk the whole machine. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. They said that it was 25% smaller in volume. Uh, 17% less volume, uh, 10% thinner, a quarter pound lighter. And I was apparently not thinking about that when I thought about the pushing out of the display for some reason. I look at that and I think, did I really want a smaller MacBook Air? I mean... (laughs) Well, I mean, it's effectively the same size screen, so... I always thought that the screen was on the small side, and that it would make more sense to have a larger screen in the same size. Apparently, they didn't think that. Hmm. But they rarely do. They usually push for smaller. (laughs) Thinner, lighter, less useful. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing about the MacBook Air, um, I mean, there's... Things like the three mic array, but I'm how many micro how many mics do the other Macs have? Two micro okay, two microphones on the regular thirteen inch model and three microphones on the thirteen inch model with touch bar. So sort of similar to a normal MacBook Pro. The the nicest improvement I think for me is that it now has touch ID and it's a it's a touch ID laptop that doesn't require you getting a touch bar. Yay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the first thing I noticed when they were showing the uh, MacBook Air. When they show, you know, the intro video, I was looking and going, hmm, there's no touch bar on this. (laughs) Thank goodness. You know, I wouldn't mind a touch bar as long as they kept the function keys. Yeah, I guess I agree. If you cannot sacrifice your escape key and uh, function keys, then a touch bar is fine. I don't need it, but it's fine. I mean, if you have a touch bar above the row where the escape and the function keys are, I think it'd be a lot better. And ultimately, what would be the compromise? You would end up making the touchpad a little bit smaller. And I know they keep bragging about that on each new release, that the touchpad the touchpad is a little bit bigger. Well, I wasn't asking for that. Yeah, I think, I think it's pretty much big enough. The, and this mm-hmm. one is another one where they made it bigger, what, like 20% bigger, I think. The, and they switched it, I think, there was a previous one, I think the previous one was mechanical, and they switched it to a force touch trackpad, so now they're consistent along all their laptops. But having Touch ID will be 
on that will be very nice for those that get one. See, I'm kind of surprised they haven't gone the way of Face ID yet. So it could be like a potential like looking over the shoulder security issue if you just happen to have it open, but you don't actually want whatever is in there being displayed at the time. Uh, wouldn't that apply to the iPad Pro as well? Maybe they consider the iPad Pro a more personal device. Though they did really try and market it as a computer this time. Actually, uh, now that I think about it, I think the real issue here is multiple user accounts on a Mac compared to an iPad that realistically only has one user. Yeah, it would be sort of weird to, like, every time someone different sat down at the Mac to have it uh, switch user accounts. I think that's the real holdup here. Uh, Annoyingly, they switched to the butterfly keyboard. The whole issue with the butterfly keyboard on the 2017 MacBook Pro, I think they're trying to mitigate that. They're, They're trying to improve the reliability but it's still like way too small amount of key travel that's super irritating um i noticed as well is that the keys themselves seemed more rounded than the keys on my keyboard no they look pretty similar to me i'm looking at an overhead shot versus my macbook pro i don't know if it was just me or not but it just seemed slightly different so Another thing that annoys me about them making the MacBook Air physically smaller is it makes the keyboard smaller. Did they just reduce the amount of speakers on the sides? Because I thought that their keyboards were generally pretty close to each other. Because like on the MacBook Pro, they just fill that extra space with... It's probably not speaker, but there's holes that make it look like a speaker. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, when I look at that, they make the uh, 15. It's a whole lot more space there Yeah, between the 13 and the 15. So I think the keyboards are generally all the same size. When you look at the images side by side between the 13-inch MacBook Air and the 13-inch with Retina display, it seems like the keyboard actually, it looks like it's the same size. Yeah, that, that would be my guess. They usually keep their keyboards about the same size. They did, when they switched to the butterfly keyboard, they made the individual keys like take up more. They, they have less space in between the individual keys which is also irritating for finding your place. That's another reason I don't like the butterfly keyboard. I've gotten used to it with time. I, I still I still don't like it at all. People were oddly happy about the 100% recycled aluminum. <laughs> <laughs> I, that got a cheer that I was not quite expecting that was rather loud. I mean, I guess that's great. It, it's good. I'm I'm happy that they were able to use recycled aluminum from that's left over from their iPads. But um that's sort of weird that it got such a crowd reaction. I mean it's it's a step towards not being doomed. Small step, yes. <laughs> Did you want to talk about the T2 security chip? Uh sure. Why don't you say what you have to say about it? The T2 security chip means that there is hey dingus support within your MacBook Air. And also of note, I noticed that the T2 chip has an HEVC controller built in, which Mm -hmm. means that there is going to be hardware H.265 support. They finally put it in QuickTime, like in in preview, because right now, if you have an H.265 video, it still won't load in preview. I mean, I just want there to be enough ubiquity that I can stop having to encode H.264 videos for our clients. Yeah, that's that's not happening anytime soon. Yeah, I'm thinking five years down the road. But any sort of hardware 
any sort of hardware that has it, I am happy because I know that someday, five years from now, I won't be punching myself in the face and coding a MP4 with H.264. You, you realize at that point, um, when it's ubiquitous, the next thing, the next encoding standard will have been released, and you'll be angry that things don't support that. And the cycle will continue. Yes, this is true. But I am sure that, uh, I am sure five years from now, there's going to be somebody submitting an issue saying that their H.265 videos aren't playing on their old playstation 4 when they use the web browser and i'm just (laughs) going to want to pull my hair out (laughs) yeah you're doomed forever so um yeah this uh the macbook air has 16 gig of memory which i think is it's still available with eight right yes it is still available with eight (laughs) why well it's uh i have noticed this with all of the products that have come out today that uh, they release something that is for eleven ninety nine, but realistically, the one you want is two grand or three grand or even four grand. Yeah, we'll get to that when we get to the Mac Mini. I have things mm-hmm. to say about this. And uh, of note, as well on the MacBook Air, they said that there is a SSD up to one point five terabytes. Not one terabyte, not two terabytes, but one point five terabytes. Hmm. Okay. Let's see what is the maximum you can get a MacBook Air for. $2,600 for a MacBook Air. (laughs) Um, For $2,600, you can have your bougie underpowered laptop. Hooray. (laughs) You can take him to a coffee shop in Williamsburg. In colonial Williamsburg. So you can still buy the old 13-inch... Uh, MacBook Air without a Retina display. Much in to, case- I'm sure, the incredible consternation of every Mac developer everywhere. Yes, because they needed something that was still $999. If you hate yourself and are $200 short, you can get one for $999. If you work in education, this is your laptop. <laughs> oh, so true. <clears throat> Well, at least they don't have uh, they don't have the old old laptop that they used to sell with a CD-ROM drive or DVD <laughs> drive. That's finally done. So, is there anything else to say about the MacBook Air? Um, we can talk a little bit about the introduction video. Um, the only thing I really have to say, well, there's two things that I have to say about the introduction video. One is their aluminum processing. Down to the atomic level. What? (laughs) (laughs) It makes it sound like they're sorting out individual aluminum atoms. Yeah, like they have they're they're aligning them with lasers or something, but they're not. They they leased space at the Large Hadron Collider. I'm sure that's very efficient production wise. (laughs) And the other thing that I noticed was that Johnny did not do the video. Yeah. I found that really interesting. Yeah, Phil Schiller did the other video. So I guess that means that uh, Johnny Ive is taking a step back, or he retired to somewhere further along in his white universe. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think they had uh, waited specifically until they had a good offering to not have Johnny show up. I guess he just didn't want to do it anymore? Or, or I mean, he's retiring. Next, we will move on to uh, what many geeks feel are is the main event but most everyone else does not the new mac mini oh the new mac mini it 
so good yet so painful. <laughs> Pretty much, that sums it up. So yeah. good, but so painful. So the previous Mac Mini, I think, was released, was updated about four years ago. When it was updated four years ago, that was actually a downgrade <laughs> because of the reduction in cores and yeah, that's, other things. That's so true. the last real update is even longer ago. So I love that during the keynote that the guy is bragging that it is up to five times faster. Well, yeah, yeah, if you haven't updated it in four years, of course, it's going to be a good deal faster. Okay. We can just make Mm -hmm. bold claims every single time by delaying our product releases forever. They're going to do this. You just know they're going to do this with the Mac Pro too, right? Yeah. We haven't updated this in forever. We can say it's way faster. Mm -hmm. Well, I noticed they do that for the iPad where uh, they they said during the keynote that it's uh, the current iPad is 1,000 times faster than the original iPad. They, they crossed that threshold, and so they need, now they need to put it in a keynote. Mm-hmm. The new Mac Mini, they updated the way it looks. It's now a space gray color. That's really nice looking. I like that. Yeah, I, I think it looks better. I'm happy about that it has both USB-C and USB-A. It also has a headphone jack. And a headphone jack, yes. But all of the Macs still have headphone jacks, right? It's only the iPhones where they got rid um, of it. Does the Mac... I don't think the MacBook Air has a headphone jack. Really? Okay, now I have to look. Oh, no, it does. It does have a headphone jack. Okay. Yeah, remember, oh, we didn't really talk about the ports in the MacBook Air, did we? There's two, two USB-C on one side and one headphone on the other side. That's not showing courage. <laughs> okay, back to the Mac Mini. Um, you have the option of four and six cores, which means that you finally have a core count upgrade over the a million years ago Mac Mini, and you can get up to sixty-four gigabytes of RAM, and it's all always flash storage up to two terabytes. Um, it also has the T two chip, though you don't get Touch ID obviously because it doesn't. Run. <laughs> I guess it's not quite obviously. I guess they could have put Touch ID on the case. They could, yeah. They could have embedded it on the case. And actually, I would have been okay with that. Me too. It has HDMI, which they didn't really need because of the four USB or because of the four USB Cs. They actually made a concession to convenience with this with this Mac, which is amazing. Yeah, if you have a uh, if you have a Mac Mini, you're not living the dongle life. Yeah, on a on a device that will probably sit still or be mounted in a rack, <laughs> you don't have to use a dongle. You don't have to carry a dongle with you. Ingenious. So it says under video support that it will support up to three three displays: two displays at forty ninety six by twenty three oh four. And one display at forty ninety six by twenty one sixty. Yeah, I noticed that the, yeah, I noticed that the four K support, uh, it has four K support, but not five K support. In order to get five K support, you need to use an eGPU. Um, well, it says up to two displays, where one display is fifty one twenty by twenty eight eighty. It does. Uh, yeah. If you go to the Mac Mini specs page. Oh, when I was looking at it earlier, I could have sworn I didn't see. Oh, 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 that's what it is. So you can have um, two displays that are f- close to 4K on uh, Thunderbolt 3, 
and then one display at you know around 4K using HDMI 2. So the idea is that you plug in one or two displays into Thunderbolt 3 and then one display into HDMI. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, because on a different page, they didn't mention the 5K. So I guess it does have a powerful enough GPU to not use the... or to not need an eGPU. But I would have probably hooked it up via my eGPU anyway when I'm doing configuration and stuff before I move it into my closet. Yeah, I agree. So how much do you know about the whole Intel UHD graphics 630? It doesn't look great. Holy cow. Um, yeah. So it is roughly, well, I would say 8% of uh, NVIDIA 2080. <laughs> the NVIDIA 2080 is apparently 2,197% faster than the this GPU. Are you looking at 3D Mark? I'm looking at 3D Mark. God damn it, Apple. But that's okay. Because I would not use it not hooked up to an eGPU if I'm using anything with graphics with this anyway. So Destiny 2 at low settings at 1280 by 720, it will go 17 frames per second. That's honestly better than I would have expected. Here's what seems amazing about all this is that um, when they did the iPad video, they're comparing the graphical power of the iPad to an Xbox One S. Not a One X, but a One S. Mm -hmm. And it has this little tiny form factor, and it's really thin. But then when it comes to the Mac Mini, you can spend up to four grand on a Mac Mini. And this is the graphics card that they give you that comes with it. Not its use case. And they figure yeah. you can just hook it up to an eGPU. Which is why they said that you could get, like, what, 27 times the graphics power when you use their eGPU. <laughs> so what I really wanted this Mac Mini for was to basically have something to hook up to the TV and do cool things like play emulation and have a nice, uh, have something that stores video and, you know, pretty much have a nice computer that's actually hooked up to the TV. Mm. And in most respects, this will do the job. It's just the graphics. Yeah. It's software rendering for you. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can play Quake 1 on this. <laughs> Is there a reason you don't want to get like a nuke? Um, What's a nuke? A nuke is like one of those Intel nuke boards that um, tiny basically regular PC. I, I'd always read them as a NUC, like, oh. you know, N-U-C. Mm-hmm. So I had, uh, when you said nuke, I was thinking like, you know, like the drug in Robocop 2. <laughs> <laughs> Not where I would go with that, but. Well, I wanted something that would run Mac OS. That's fair. Although if you're doing emulation anyway. Yeah, I'm doing emulation anyway, and I wanted something that was pretty much consistent with everything else I was running. Otherwise, if I was only going to run Windows, then sure, I would not go the Mac Mini route at all. Mm -hmm. In fact, I still might not. Yeah, you could always do Linux. Yeah. Um, How how is the ARM support on uh, the emulation scene? I mean, I imagine it would be decent considering the Raspberry Pi runs it. So I'm wondering, maybe you could get um, 
one of those NVIDIA Jetson boards mm. um, because those are pretty compact and power efficient and probably mountable and have a good solid GPU. Yeah, I might end up going that route. So I guess uh, back to the Mac Mini. Um, yeah. There's 10 gig Ethernet and it costs $100 more. Mm-hmm. But uh, is this the first Mac they've offered? No, no, no. They offered the um, the iMac Pro with 10 gig Ethernet. Yeah, you were paying five grand just to get in the door to have a iMac Pro. Mm-hmm. I would hope that would be included. Yeah. Sort of getting back to when it was introduced, um, when Tim started, um, I was almost thinking that they were going to rename it to the Mighty Mac. <laughs> I mean, it is a lot better than what it was. It is. It is much better. Yeah. Um, and so I th- think that covers most of the specs so i'll get into saying that um i did buy one. Oh, you did yeah i ordered one how much did you spend <laughs> way way too much money so i got the um the 3.2 gigahertz six core i7 and then i got 32 gigabytes of ram and the 512 gigabyte uh ssd and then I also got the uh, 10 gigi in case I ever upgrade my network. Uh, how much did that cost? Like around two? Yeah, like 2200 ish An obscene amount of money for what it is. But uh, I want to uh, have it be my home server for quite a while. So I wanted something that I wouldn't feel compelled to need to up- upgrade for a while. So uh, why didn't you go for the uh, two terabyte option? Because that would be an obscene amount of money. And um, I'm also planning, it it also probably wouldn't meet my eventual storage needs either. Uh, Anyway, so I'm probably going to hook up a, um, like a USB-C based drive enclosure and stick a bunch of like, regular spinning disks in it for my mass storage needs. Yeah, I want to and I want to move like my um photos library to it and whatnot. Didn't you break down and get iCloud storage? Yes. I don't know that all of my photos fit and does it does it automatically offload them from your computer? Uh you can set it to. Okay. Does it stream pretty quickly when you... Um, From what I've experienced, yeah. As long as you have good internet. Does it save them in raw form? Uh, Yeah, I believe you can tell it to. It might work. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah, because after all, unlike Google, you're paying for storage. That's true. So it actually serves them if all of your photos are in raw format. Yeah. Though I do, do want to have something local also so fair enough so i guess uh that's it for the mac mini um well just for fun why don't we say what we can configure one of these guys up to 41.99 4200 for something that does 3d mark 120th of the speed of a modern high-end gpu and doesn't come with a monitor 
that's that's expensive. Are they keeping the old Mac Mini around? I don't think they are. No, they're not. They're not keeping the old Mac Mini around. But if they did, uh, then someone should hit them with a hammer. But <laughs> I mean, if it were three ninety nine, then okay. Yeah, I don't think it's worth it to Apple to sell something for three ninety nine, or at least not a computer. Yeah. All right. Um, and we can move on. They did a, a short intermission with Apple Retail. I hate what they're doing so much when it comes to that. You don't like the sessions that they're doing? You don't want to take a course in advanced beat making? I like the idea of the classes. I hate that they're using that space within their stores to do that. So previously, when you would go to uh, get your phone serviced or get your watch serviced or whatnot, Mm -hmm. um, they would end up directing you towards the back of the store where the Genius Bar would be. Mm -hmm. Now, the way they have it set up, the back of the Apple Store is now where they have all of these sessions. So now when you need something serviced, you're pretty much waiting around at the front of the store at the same space where other people are looking to buy phones and watches and iPads and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it just, it makes you feel that much more packed in because you're having people there prior. It was people who were there to buy stuff and people who are there to get stuff repaired. Now there's roughly anywhere between a quarter to a third of the store space that's being spent on people sitting there watching video, you know, watching video and taking instructions and whatnot for completely unrelated classes. (laughs) What I would have loved here is if they would have done something similar, something more similar to say Khan Academy, where you could watch a video on this sort of thing, or even have it where you can join in via something similar to FaceTime, where you can ask questions of somebody live. That would have been so much better because then you wouldn't have all of these people there in that space. I I think maybe they just feel like the communal and the in-person aspect is important to. Yeah. I mean, I understand why they're doing it. It's just, they're kind of going with the Starbucks approach where you're having, they they decided that the Apple stores just were not crowded enough as they were. <laughs> they they needed yeah. to, uh, they needed to like push up against the fire, ha- fire codes. I mean, if it was something, if the Apple stores were something the size of a Sears, <laughs> or a Best Buy, or something along those even, lines. Even though okay. each, yeah, even though each store makes more money than a Sears or a Best Buy, right? You know, they should just Apple should just move into those spaces once Sears ends up going bankrupt anyway. Yeah, they should just move in and uh, you know have. Plus, it gives them uh, it gives them room for expansion for whenever they end up having a car. God, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how how are they going to do that. If the, say they end up doing a car, they're having their classes, they're having people looking at iPhones and iPads and computers and Macs, and then they're going to cut a quarter of the Apple store out so that they can show their car. And They just hang them know. from the ceiling, upside down. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's getting insane. You can, it is getting you can, compl- you can sit in the car by like um, being suspended from ropes. You, they can, you can see how good their seatbelts are. Yeah. And I mean, even God, even Tesla, you're going into a Tesla store now and there's, uh, you know, there's now going to be three models of car that you're going to be looking at. And at least still that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
But what happens uh, eventually with Tesla, they're going to have a truck and they're going to have a Model Y. Right. And uh, how are they going to arrange that space-wise? So I feel like Apple is running into that. They're running into that issue faster where mm-hmm. they're just running out of space, <laughs> what they have right now. Yeah, Some of their stores are pretty gigantic, though. Um, sure. Their New York stores are pretty huge, though they also have a gazillion people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, what are you going to do with your Apple store in Anchorage? I mean, mm-hmm. how's that going to work? Right. And they'll they'll just <laughs> rent out the other shops next to them, I guess. Yeah. The, 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 the other interesting thing about the New York store, um, their flagship one, is it's open 24 hours, which was always pretty cool. Oh, really? Hmm. Mm-hmm. That was really nice if, if you needed to go by at like 2 a.m. or something. See, now, <laughs> the one in Las Vegas is in 24 hours. And you would think that that city, out of any city, <laughs> would have a 24-hour Apple store. Yeah, I think New York might actually be the only one. <sighs> Considering all of the space issues that they're running into right now, what are they doing? There's going to be more classes. Well, they've already set aside the space. Yeah, but there's going to be more people as a consequence. This is why they're trying to make all of their products thinner, so they can fit more of their products plus people into (laughs) their sessions. What I can see them eventually doing is taking out more of the products that aren't Apple. So uh, at some point, you won't be able to buy a drone at an Apple store anymore. Can you still do that? Yes, you still can. Yeah, there's no need for that. Robot cars, sure. Drones, no. Um, you know, I will laugh if in uh, 2021 or 2022, when they end up releasing an Apple car, that the Apple car is the size of a smart car. And part <laughs> of the reason they decided to make it a smart car is so it would fit within their retail space. Yeah. Unlike other uh, vehicle manufacturers that like make it an inch or two bigger every year, Apple, like every part, every car release, like now it's five five inches narrower. Uh, the new Apple Car, thinner, lighter. But how will you fit your children? Simple. Our new stacking technology. So I guess uh, should we talk about the iPad? Yeah, I think that's where we need to go next. Yes, the iPad. It was it was put in at about forty minutes in, which apparently is where they usually aim to put the product announcements for their main event stuff. Uh, They usually shoot for 40 minutes in. And um, this uh, is actually why the clocks on, uh, like when you see a phone or whatever, that's why it always says like 9.43 a.m. to sort of match with the time in the presentation. Though they changed it with the watch to make the hands look nicer. Uh, I noticed with the iPad, they've really leaned in on marketing it as more of a computer than um, than a tablet. Uh, they, they, they seem to be really going after trying to get people to do work on them, even though I'm not sure that that's practical still for most people. I mean, this one... This presentation was surprising to me on how much they leaned in on gaming. Well, I mean, they had a few demos, but they usually have gaming demos. Yeah, but I mean, this is a 
Pro device, not really a gaming device. I, I guess that's true. Um, I guess we can switch to their demos. Uh, even before we talk about the specs. Um, <laughs> the, so their demos involved uh, in Assassin's Creed um, and then an NBA 2K thing um, and then uh, Photoshop, basically. Oh, and Folio Trace. Oh, and AutoCAD. Photoshop looks slick. Half half games, half applications. I just have one quick comment with um, NBA 2K is that... Uh, they mentioned that it doesn't do upscaling, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, and I mean, that's a pretty good resolution considering the device. So on a 12.9, mm-hmm. you're looking at 2732 by 2048. And on 11, you're looking at 2388 by 1668. So I mean, considering the fact that they're not upscaling at all, that's pretty dang good. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. And they mentioned the Assassin's Creed was running at 120 frames per second which is also pretty cool. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to with gaming, is seeing more gaming that's actually running at 120 hertz instead of 60 hertz. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is Photoshop, where they had two presenters for one application. Well, I mean, Photoshop is a big deal. Yeah. First, they had to bring yeah. in the boss. Yeah, so Photoshop, uh, it was pretty cool. They brought up a really big image. It was a, a three gigabyte image with, what, several hundred layers or something? Mm-hmm, like and, 150 layers. Yeah. And it edited fairly smoothly. You could see it uh, loading in sometimes during a quick zoom. Um, it supports the new pencil, which we'll get to in a bit. Then I think it was really brought together when they showed it, it with their augmented reality. And it put like spaces between the layers and stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to show that the iPad actually has the power to get real work done. Now, the issue, of course, isn't so much the power of the iPad as much as the applications that are on it. Mm-hmm. And Photoshop is a big plus there since it's used by a lot of people's workflows. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, they're saying it's full Photoshop, but of course... Uh, of course, it may not support all of the workflows that are ultimately needed for somebody in order to realistically use it. Are you talking about like going to other applications and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. I guess the question is, what are you doing in it? If you're somebody who is basically spending most of your time in Photoshop and not really doing stuff outside of it, then mm-hmm. yeah, that's absolutely great. It's just, <laughs> I find that it's more the rest of the operating system that ends up getting in the way when it comes to these sort of things. And as we mentioned a second ago, it it highlights the new Apple Pencil, um, which I think is probably for me the big most important change since it now uh, attaches magnetically and has wireless charging. Thank God, um, <laughs> and you no longer have to like worry about it breaking in half when you're charging it. Yes, that just seemed. The way it was positioned just seemed monumentally stupid that you pretty much with the old pencil, you would have it, uh, you would pull the cap off and you would end up plugging it into the iPad itself. Yeah, you would you put it into the iPad. Then if you're still holding your iPad, you can go and commit seppuku with your Apple pencil. Oh, yeah. What I would worry about is if it would snap off at where the port is Uh so that you would actually have trouble pulling out 
So then you've broken your pencil and you could no longer charge your iPad. Yep. But yay, that's fixed. Yeah. And I mean, uh, it's nice because, uh, I mean, I had a iPad with a uh, Apple pencil and I actually got something third party that would make it where it would uh, magnetically snap onto the keyboard that I had with it. Mm. And uh, the way that this is done now where it's magnetically linked to the top is just so much smarter. Now, it's say, they said they had 102 magnets in it. Um, does that mean that they went all the way around or is it only one place where it attaches? Uh, that I have no idea. I mean, I imagine, I imagine it would make sense for it to be at least in two spots, depending on whether or not you have it in portrait or landscape. But mm-hmm. I do not actually know where the position for it would be. Yeah, that would be interesting to find out. But I mean, that that many magnets, Jesse Pinkman must be excited. But I feel, in a lot of respects, the second generation pencil is exactly what the first generation pencil should have been. Yeah. They have switching modes by double tapping the thing, which I guess they, they said they, they it's and I guess it's a uh, like a touch surface as that they said, like a circular touch surface, mm-hmm. which is interesting that it's that and not a um, just like a accelerometer kind of thing. I mean, what's uh, what I found interesting is that it's a gesture by touching it on the side. What I was kind of hoping for is some kind of sensor on the top of the pencil where if you, uh, you know, if you touch it to the screen, it would end up being used as an eraser. Yeah. That's what I was kind of expecting, but I guess they decided not to do that. Yeah. I'm curious about why. Yeah. It's really weird to do the double tap to switch modes instead of just flipping it around, which is a more natural movement. You know what it may be is that they figure that flipping it around and erasing is yes, it's more natural and it's more like the real world. It's kind of like skeuomorphism, except in a tactile form. Mm-hmm. Well, they figured that just double tapping require doesn't require you like contorting your hand as much. Yes, it doesn't require the same amount of dexterity, and you can realistically do it faster if you want to. Now, what I'm curious about here is whether or not you'd be more likely to do it accidentally. But I mean, mm-hmm. I guess they. I'm sure they have lots of. Uh, usability testing and whatnot for this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Though now that uh, I'm sure the API supports mode switching, you could probably see a third-party pencil that uh, is able to switch modes to, uh, depending on either which one is, end is closer to the screen or using accelerometer to uh, determine which end is sort of up. You're just talking about for a hypothetical pencil competitor. Like, yeah, hypothetical third-party one. Since, I mean, they have the crayon that a third-party does. <laughs> yeah. Logitech? Something like that. And yeah, I think that covers the pencil. I still so, think it's silly that they call it a pencil. I mean, I get it. It's branding. Yeah. They're trying to, they're trying to do something that's different enough where um, rather than a pen... Think of like the old school light pens. They're trying to differentiate it. That's all. Yeah. Even though unlike a lot of other styluses, like from Wacom and whatnot, it's closer to a pen than theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I guess the pencil has a connotation that you can erase things and undo things, mm -hmm. which on a iPad you can in software. If you switch modes. 
Yeah, a few switch modes. Not if you turn it over. Actually, now I'm kind of curious. How much is the pencil? Oh, boy. $400. (laughs) Yeah, so... um, (laughs) Speaking of price, the uh, iPad... This new iPad Pro, the 12.9-inch one, tops out at $1899. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't look earlier? (laughs) No. Yes, if you get a 1 terabyte 12.9-inch iPad Pro with cellular, it is $1899. How much is adding a pencil? Uh, It's not on the page. Oh, I noticed that it's no longer perfectly round either. It has a little indent on one side. So... They did, as rumored, switch to USB-C for the for the iPad. I think overall it's a positive change. Yeah. Now, um, do you think they should get rid of Lightning? I would like it if they got rid of Lightning. I don't think that they're going to do that with the phone anytime soon. The thing is, I think that Apple is paranoid that they won't be able to get any, or that they that limits their thinness. Um, but I think that's sort of a silly concern. See, this is just, it's so weird because now they have an iPad pro, which is USB-C and they have a regular iPad, which is lightning. And does the new iPad have a headphone jack? It does not look like it. Okay. So, but it has USB-C. So those, you can't use the, the lightning headphones that you've got with your other device. Maybe they pack a dongle that allows it to go from lightning to USB-C. So you can chain your dongles. Oh, you'll love this. So if I go to the iPad Pro specs page and I do control F or command F and search for headphones, the only place it shows on the page is under accessories, where it says under accessories, explore cases, headphones, speakers, and more. Okay. But for the picture next to it, it is the the iPad Pro next to a picture of AirPods. So I guess what they're doing here is they're expecting you to shell out the $150, $160 for AirPods to use with this. 140 at Costco. Yay. Yeah, I, I, they, they must just, just expect you to use the AirPods. So there you have it. Wires are dead. Where What I'm wondering here is where does this go? You have your iPad Pro, which is USB-C. So does this mean next spring there's going to be an iPad, an updated iPad that is going to be Lightning, or is that going to be USB-C as well? And then eventually, if the iPad is USB-C, then why shouldn't the phone be USB-C? Mm-hmm. Especially considering all of the iMacs that they're selling now are USB-C, so are they expecting you to realistically have a USB-C to lightning connector for everything. I mean, what I would have loved here is if they had just decided to go all in on USB-C and just have all of their devices be USB-C, then at least you can say, okay, I'll have to update everything I have, but at least if I have all of the newest stuff, it's at least consistent. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm no longer living dongle life. Sorry. Dongles for you. Maybe next year. Yeah, I guess we can get into the actual um, spec-related stuff now. They they said that this is their A12X Bionic, which has eight cores f- for CPUs and seven-core GPU. 
So the the iPhone XS has four cores, so double the cores. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then the uh, A10s also has a um, four core GPU, so three more cores uh, GPU wise on that. It honestly sounds like the GPU on the iPad is better than the GPU on the Mac Mini. Oh, I'm certain that's the case. <laughs> there is no doubt that that is the case. Uh I don't know. Like, why can't they just put the A12X on a Mac Mini and write drivers for Mac OS? So what you what you need to do, yeah, what you need to do is you need to go and you need to get the, the new iPad Pro and mount it to the back of your TV, which you can do since you have the USB-C there. And then you go and you, uh, you um, download the code for an emulator <laughs> and you run it on your iPad. I am face palming so hard right now. <laughs> it will be super inconvenient, but it will look amazing. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk more features. There is now Face ID on the iPad Pro. Yeah, instead of Touch ID. And incidentally, it is Face ID that is trained to unlock your face regardless of what orientation it's in. Yeah, that's an improvement, especially since it... I, I really want them to do that on the phone as well. Um, but, oh well. So, when they were saying about orientation, did they say that it will do it within 360 degrees, or is it just portrait and landscape? My bet is portrait and landscape, but I, I don't know exactly. Okay. Maybe it'll be 360 degrees. We can hope. We can hope. I, I somehow doubt that, because I've heard that it is pretty difficult to account for rotation when it comes to AI and learning faces. That's just a transformation, though. It seems like it should be fairly straightforward. At the very worst, you could try a whole bunch of uh, rotations. <laughs> so uh, each time, imagine in hardware that each time you're uh, trying to unlock, you're doing 360 degrees of rotations on the image that's coming in. This is mm. this is why... Uh, this is why you have the new neural processor. Yeah. Though um, with humans, it's actually quite difficult as well. Like mm -hmm. people have very, very a large amount of difficulty doing um, mental transformations of uh, images and uh, recognizing partic particularly non uh, particularly non flipped versions of rotations. Like uh, humans do okay, like pure upside down, pure sideways. Um, but the incremental degrees people have more difficult with, take difficulty mm -hmm. with. Well, is it a neural net thing? Maybe, I don't know. Hmm. Anyhow, uh, yeah, I really want to see this come to the iPhone as well, and I would be surprised if they don't do this next year. Yeah, <clears throat> they, they probably will. So what else? They said, we went over the cores. It says that it is up to two times faster graphics. Which you would expect, especially Which, since they have more cores now and they appear to be faster cores. And yeah, and it, I mean, the iPad Pro was already fast. I had last mm -hmm. year's model. It was ridiculously fast. So this, I mean, this is going to be killer. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing, uh, last thing I have in my notes that for the 1299 one, it starts at 999. What did it start at before? Okay, so here we go. 
The new 11-inch and 12.9-inch MacBook Pro models start at $150 and $200 more expensive, respectively, than last year's lineup. That means that the 12.9-inch one was $800 starting point. Wow, I don't remember it being that cheap, but I guess it must have been. Probably because I paid an arm and leg for my small (laughs) amount of my small amount of storage upgrade. They they say that these improvements make it faster than 92% of desktops. I think that's actually might that might actually be an underestimate there. Oh, I um, believe it. It's as fast graphics wise as an Xbox One S, which is an interesting comparison. Yeah. So it's a little bit faster than the original Xbox One, but not as fast as the very latest Xbox One. Well, I mean, I I found that telling that they actually brought that up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it shows that they're serious about gaming if they're actually comparing it to another product. They want you to realize that it has console class gaming performance, yes. I mean, for only twice the price. <laughs> console class gaming performance for only twice the price. Though it also sort of highlights just how slow the Oculus Quest is. Because the the comparison for the Oculus Quest is that the graphics performance is roughly the same as an Xbox 360. Ooh, mm. <laughs> um, which is not fast at these days. So, I mean, that's the way I see it is that if Apple comes in with an AR headset, it's probably going to completely kill it when it comes to performance. Yeah. Because and at very least, they'll have hardware similar to this performance wise. Right. Uh, it would be so nice if they did, did VR instead of AR. Um, and with a headset, but they seem to be more into to AR. Um, and oh, geez, like because their their CPUs and GPUs are so much better than Qualcomm's. Just, just, just make a partner with Valve or something. Just do it, <laughs> Apple. Yeah, Valve isn't doing anything except making tons of money on Steam. They're making tons of money, not making Half Life Three or Portal Three. Yeah, they're 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 making a ton of money avoiding the number three. <laughs> quite right. Zeno's valve constantly approaching the number three, but never quite getting there. Ah, so apparently the new pencil includes a custom engraving option. Oh, on that flat surface that they now have. So it uh, will, so even though the old one was weighted, it still and it's still rolled. So now they need to actually make a side flat. But it's uh, apparently the engraving is free. Well, yeah, their engravings usually are. I think it would be. Let me see if I can find the price for the Apple Pencil. Featured product Apple Pencil, $130. So it went up 30 bucks. Yeah. 30% more expensive, 100% less lame. 30% more expensive, 100% less likely to stab you to death. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess that's pretty much it when it comes to uh, talking about the iPad. Uh, should we talk about how exorbitant all the pricing is? And I think it is a combination of two things. I think that first off, it is um, they took a risk with the iPhone 10 and saw that people were still willing and able to buy a super pricey, expensive phone. Mm-hmm. And decided to pretty much bring it all, their whole product line. 
<laughs> and then the, the other thing that I'm thinking about here is that it might have to do with fear of tariffs. Um, so if there if there is an incoming or if there's going to be an impending trade war with China that they're preparing um yeah. by raising the price on everything so that their margin is higher and then end up uh Pre-em- they can end up preemptively it. raise their prices so they don't have to lower them later. I mean, so they don't have to raise them later. And if there is an actual trade war with China, they're okay. If there isn't a trade war with China and things end up working out, well, then this is the pricing that we're going to have to get used to. On their outro, um, Tim annoyingly had a fake out. He said, one quick update at the end. And the crowd got like all excited. Like, Mac Pro, Mac Pro, Mac Pro. Um, Air Air power, Air power, Generation (laughs) 2 AirPods. Um, but no, he he just wanted to say that people have been installing iOS 12 and that group FaceTime is now available. People are installing iOS 12. Here's Lana Del Rey. And, and Lana Del Rey like talked before her music, which they don't normally do aside from mm-hmm. like you two. Um, at least they didn't touch fingers. <laughs> Well, we did see a picture of Bono earlier <laughs> in one of the videos. Uh, Anyhow, that's it for Aliens Land here. Thank you to our 96 quadrillion subscribers in the Andromeda Galaxy and our 0.5 Patreon subscribers here on this planet. Next, see you next week. Hooray! One thing I hate about Coda, I w- it shows a pie chart for how long it takes to upload rather than so just... So they can compact their icon, yeah. You know, it's like, I'm a I'm a developer, give me a f***ing percentage, okay? <laughs> when you're... I mean, it's one of those things, it's like, when you're a developer, you care about function over form. Mm-hmm. At least... At least I do. And there are things about Coda that, for instance, when you connect to FTP and it gives you an obscure message about why you can't connect, there isn't really a good way of looking into the logs. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, why are you doing this this way? It doesn't show up on console. Uh, like the the system console. Oh, I haven't I haven't looked there. Uh, files uploaded, by the way. And what I feel like I feel like with Coda that they've ported so much of Transmit, and now Transmit is something that is I think supposed to be very user friendly. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, in the case of Coda, you know, you're using Coda, you want it to be more developer centric. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Mac apps that are like that. It's normal for the Mac side of things. By the way, if Coda actually added repository support, I would actively consider getting one of those pricey iPads. Oh. <laughs> uh, so you could just edit on the iPad? Oh, yeah. I mean, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. But then you're still looking at usability. It's still kind of questionable because you're still looking at most things either full screen or side by side. So you can't just use like a terminal within Coda on the iPad to do your commit? Um, there isn't terminal oh, on the iPad not? version. Oh, there's not? No. Oh, okay. There isn't, I don't think there's terminal and I don't think there is uh, the MySQL connector. Yeah. L- lack of lack of terminal would be the killer for me on the iPad. I don't, I can't use it without that. But I guess I could put it in a side window in a different app. So I use VPN. And uh, I use that. However, I use it conditionally. 
So for instance, I have a, I have a plugin for Firefox called Foxy Proxy. Mm-hmm. It, it routes it through the VPN for stuff that requires the VPN. And for stuff that doesn't require the VPN, it doesn't. Okay. And the rationale for this is I just want to have it where I don't want my network traffic to slow down just because they're, you know, just because Part somebody requires stuff, to go yeah. to tunnel through a VPN. And then I have a second program called Proxifier, mm-hmm. which what Proxifier does is it pretty much sits between the application and the um, the application and the internet. So for Coda, I can tell since Coda doesn't have, they need to get their shit together when it comes to actual proxy support. Mm-hmm. I have it sit between and then conditionally route through the VPN depending on uh, depending on domain. Okay. So, for instance, if I'm connecting, if I'm connecting to the elevatedx.com machine, I don't need to have a v- VPN. If mm-hmm. I'm connecting to a client machine, I have to have it use the VPN. Mm-hmm. And with Proxifier, you can have it set up per app per domain. Mm-hmm. So with Proxifier, I have it set up to only do use VPN for Coda two, and then whitelist domains for it. So it's a lot nicer because most of the time I'm running at full speed. Right. For instance, if I'm if I'm browsing YouTube, for instance, in a separate window, it's not piping YouTube traffic through the VPN. Right. It's only doing it for stuff that I actually need to have the VPN on. And it's so much nicer than having an actual VPN client. And in the case of VPN software, one of the things I hate about most VPN software that's out there is when you turn it on, you turn on your VPN client, it's routing traffic through every everything through the VPN. So your connection drops from 300 megs per second down to... 10 or mm. three. Right. So I actually have a pretty good solution right now. Mm-hmm. And in the case of the iPad, there is nothing like that for the iPad. So if I needed to use a VPN, I would need to route all of the traffic through the VPN when I'm using the iPad. And yeah, it becomes a considerably worse experience. Well, well, what you need is you need a work iPad and a play iPad. Oh, I didn't ask you, uh, are, are you actually going to buy one? I haven't decided yet. I yeah. mean, it's the the iPads look really nice, and the Mac Mini looks kind of nice, except for the graphics. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm not sure I can justify it. I am not going to get another iPad until they have multi-user support. I, in, unless my wife wants one, I'm just no, no more. Yeah, I, I just can't handle like everyone tromping on all of my settings in my house. And I can't just like tell them, no, don't use my iPad because they're going to use it. Well, realistically, what it realistically comes to is rather than getting one very nice iPad that everybody can use, you have to get four iPads. But that doesn't work because people just pick up whatever's closest. Oh, because we have two and like whatever people are near, that's the one people use. I mean, can't you, uh, in the case of yours, can't you just password protect it with something super secret? Yeah, but then people will be irritated at me that they can't use my iPad. Well, that's when you say use your iPad. No, the, no, that that's not going to fly. <laughs> and did, I, I'm not, I'm not doing anything without user accounts. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not using that. Aside from signing my documents, I am not using iPads anymore until we have user accounts. What's well, uh. What's well, funny, like when it comes to use cases, is that I don't let anybody really use my computer. I don't let anybody use my computer. And in the case of my iPad, I didn't let anybody use my iPad. And I let my wife use my iPod, my iPhone sparingly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But when it comes to, you know, when it comes to little kids, I mean, I have lots of nieces and nephews and they say, can I use your iPhone? Can I play this game on your iPhone? Nope. I am very reluctant to let anyone use my phone and even more reluctant to let anyone use my computer. Um, See, and I'm usually able to get away with it with my computer, usually, because it is where I do my work and I usually mm-hmm. have my work up and I don't want anyone screwing it up. Grandma! <laughs> <laughs>